Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome back to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCullough. And we are delighted to welcome back to our microphone Mark Sanborn. He's a past president of the National Speakers Association and winner of the CAVIT, which is the highest honor bestowed by that organization. In 2007, Mark was awarded the Ambassador of Free Enterprise Award by Sales and Market of Sales and Marketing. I've got your disease now. Uh, Executives International. In addition, uh, he's a member of the prestigious Speakers Roundtable, 20 of the top speakers in the world today. He holds the CSP, the Certified Speaking Professional from the National Speakers Association, and is a prolific author. In addition to the book we've been talking about, The Fred Factor, How Passion in Your Work and Life Can Turn the Ordinary into into the Extraordinary. It's an international bestseller and on the New York Times Business Weekend, Wall Street Journal bestseller list. His recent books include You Don't Need a Title to Be a Leader, how anyone anywhere can make a positive difference. The Encore Effect, How to Achieve Remarkable Performance in Anything You Do, and the book that I have in my hand right here and I'm willing to give to you, my dear listener, Up, Down, or Sideways, How to Succeed When Times Are Good, Bad, or In Between, and who couldn't use that these days? Uh, Clarice, pick a number between 1 and 10. Uh, 13. <laughs> okay, if you are the 13th, she's annoying 13 in that way. coaches right. coaching. <laughs> if you are, this is important. If you want a free copy of Up, Down, or Sideways, signed by the author Mark Sanborn, you'll be the 13th person to write an email to producer at thecoachingshow.com. Don't forget the the, producer at thecoachingshow.com. And you got yourself a book, people. All right, Mark, um, let's talk briefly. I would be remiss if we didn't talk about speaking but before we do that, I want to make sure that uh, because of, of your extremely successful career as a speaker, but I want to, before we do that, I want to make sure that people didn't, it didn't get gobbled up what we said before. So the website for, to get that first chapter of the Fred Factor is what now? Just fredfactor.com. Forget the, and the, the Fred Factor, no, the fredfactor.com. And, you know, the Mothership website where... All things are linked is just my name, MarkSanborn.com, if people are looking for other free resources. Great. Thanks. And sorry to bobble that at the end of the last no segment. All right. So here you are. You're a speaker. Now, you got to know that Clarice, myself, other coaches everywhere have this idea, this notion, a dream or a nightmare about speaking in front of large groups. When you talk to newish speakers, people who have not achieved the lofty heights that you have. What's the advice that you give us? What would you have us know about speaking and a career in speaking? Well, the first advice I would give is that the single most important thing to prevent, you know, uh, bombing on stage is bombing is like speaking. I'm now, I've, I've caught the, uh, the instruction <laughs> that you use. Instead of bombing on stage when you're speaking, it's preparation. Uh, I think that the primary reason why people fail. It's not fear per se. Certainly that figures into it. But they aren't prepared enough. They've seen, when you see anyone that's good at their craft, whether it's in sports or speaking or music or life, they make it look easy. And it creates the perception that how hard can it be to stand up in front of an audience for 10 or 20 or 30 minutes and speak? And the answer is really hard. 
And when I go back to, you know, when I first started speaking in competition in, in literally grade school, mm-hmm. you know, I failed abysmally. And it was because of that reason uh, that I just thought, well, you know, I'll write out the speech, I'll read it a few times, and I'll be good to go. And then when you get in front of the audience, your brain freezes, you panic, you know, your adrenaline, uh, you know, overwhelms you. I think that most games are won or lost before either team takes the field, you know, and that the game itself is just the culmination of all the preparation that's gone into it. So if there was one thing I would suggest to make anyone a better speaker, whether they're a pro or an amateur, that is to prepare obsessively. You know, I do that still after 31 years in the business. I just, uh, you know, I can control that. There are a lot of things in speaking you can't control. You can't control the audience if they're hungover or if they're alert. You can't control all always, you know, the, the room temperature if you're not the meeting planner, but you can always control how prepared you are. And that, that, is the, the, that creates a freedom where you can really enjoy being in front of the audience because you know if something happens and somebody's cell phone goes off, you're not going to blank and forget the rest of your speech, which is often what happens when you aren't prepared. I'm the kind of guy who um, I will redo and redo and redo my speech right up until like the night before or sometimes the morning of. And then I get up there and I'm flustered because I can't remember which version I'm supposed to say. <laughs> is there a point that you decide, like, I'm cutting it off, this is the last edition or editing I'm going to do of this speech, and then that's the talk? Well, I would look at it a little bit differently, and that is I have a similar experience. I off, Well, I always try to be in the meeting to hear what happens prior to my presentation. Right, yeah. That keeps me from repeating something or looking ignorant because I did, you know, didn't want to invest the time to be there. I would say throw it all into the, the mental hopper, and then whatever comes out is fine. You know, don't, the audience doesn't know what you were going to say. Unless you, of course, tell them, which is always funny when somebody says, oh, I, I really screwed up. It's like, well, great. Thank yeah. you for informing me. I, I thought you were doing okay until you said that. But I think you just throw it all into the hopper, and then there's times I come off the stage and I say, I wish I had. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But uh, the other thing I would mention is, despite the fact, I don't use notes, but I've got friends, some of my closest friends in the business, and some of the best speakers I know, they use notes. There's no shame in that. Now, the shame is in over-depending on notes. Mm. But using notes is fine. It it keeps you on track. And um, one of the things that I think sometimes professional speaking uh, gives people the wrong example of is that being perfectly polished isn't a good thing. It makes you really unrelatable. Uh, When you occasionally, as I do, without trying, mess up, People go, oh, that's good. I guess, you know, if, if a pro occasionally fumbles a word or says it wrong, I, you know, they're like me. You see somebody that's too too glib and, and too uh, polished, and you start to suspect snake oil. So I would say don't worry nearly as much about being perfect as being personable. Mm. That's useful. I want to I do one more on this topic of speaking and then give you a moment to add anything you want. And then I want to take it a little more personally, not personably, <laughs> but personally. The, um, so speaking, one of my experiences is, you know, I got up in front of some people a few times and spoke and was happy to do it. And then I got my feedback because, of course, I had put out feedback forms. I want to know. People tell me what I can do to improve and what I'm doing well. And then I got so disempowered by the feedback that I never got up again. What, um, what advice, what uh, relationship would you have new speakers? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure I won't get better if I don't do it again, right? 
Yeah, likely not, no. Well, first of all, you know, and, and since you're in the coaching practice, you won't be offended when I say this, but the feedback didn't disempower you. You chose to be disempowered. Fair enough. Um, you know, I, I can tell you from years of experience, if you have 100 feedback forms and 99 people thought you were terrific and one person said you suck, <laughs> That's right. you will obsess. You'll want to hunt that person down. Exactly. You'll want to, you know, you'll want to egg their house. I mean, it's just <laughs> human nature that we, we glom onto it. Here is really a, a useful trick to keep from getting, you know, upset about negative feedback. Ask yourself a simple question. When somebody gives you negative feedback, is there anything here I can use? Mm-hmm. When, when I get up to speak, I've learned over time, I'm going to instantly piss somebody off just because I look like me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I stand up and the guy in the audience goes, that looks like the guy my nasty ex-wife married, <laughs> you know? Now, and in several cases, they're right. Do about that, you know, <laughs> not a thing in the world. I'm not going to get plastic surgery to avoid looking like somebody's ex-wife's <laughs> new husband. But I just recognize that if I get a feedback form, you know, and, and he didn't like me, and he says, you know, you, you know, you, you were you were terrible. There's nothing I can use there. Mm-hmm. If somebody says, I just thought you tried to cover too much material, that's why I gave you a three instead of a five. I'm making this up. Now there's something I can use. I have mm-hmm. to ask myself, did I? Try to cover too much material. The second part of that is if everybody else says, I liked that you covered a lot of material, right. you know that, that that was a preference. Every audience is full of different people, and there are always going to be people. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've been on programs where the very same speaker gets the feedback, best speaker of the entire event, worst speaker of the entire event. Right. Now, I've run meetings where I see the feedback, and, and you go, really? So... Everybody thought this person was the best, but one or two people thought they were the worst. That's a preference issue. That so that that kind of helps keep you from you know walking off to the ledge. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, our time has flown by. We've got about two minutes left, and if you will, I'll give you a a free shot and a personal question. The personal yep. question is: You're a guy who's written a lot about everything from leadership to being extraordinary to um, you know how to succeed in despite the circumstances. And I know, I believe that you're the proud father of two sons. True, I am. I am indeed. So the personal question is. How have you brought this to bear in your parenting? Where have you both been challenged and where has it actually worked? And then with the remaining time, I just want to give you an open field. If you had a parting thought or, or something to share with 25,000 or so coaches, what would you have us know? Ready to go. Sure. Well, truth is transferable. And, you know, what I talk about and have learned uh, in leadership applies to parenting and vice versa. And I define leadership as an invitation to greatness we extend to others by example. It's about showing others how great they can be, not out of some kind of arrogance, but out of a a humble effort to be the best that we can be. And that, of course, translates to your kids. When my kids were little, I didn't just focus, thanks to some advice given to me by my friend Erwin McManus, I didn't just focus on them behaving. That's important. Being good is important. But I let them know that if they chose, they could be great. Because I think we, we limit people in their thinking when we make being good the highest goal or the highest ideal. And that is something I share with leaders. You know, why settle for good if you can be great? And if if you're trying to be great, 
just out of selfish ambition. That's really not leadership. That's ambition, and I got nothing against ambition. But leadership always benefits the greater good. You know, the better we become as leaders, the more impact, the more positive influence we have on others. And my final free throw, my my parting shot is this, because I think if I was asked to summarize everything I say or do in one sentence, it would be fear nothing but to waste the present moment. If you take care of the moments, the moments become your life. Beautiful. That is Mark Sandborn. You can find out all about it, uh, his work, his extraordinary books, by going to MarkSanborn.com. Don't forget to write an email to the, to producer at thecoachingshow.com to get your copy of the book, Up, Down, or Sideways. Mark, thanks for being with us. We'll be back with more right after this. Therese, thank you. You're welcome. If you heard that sound, you probably are eligible for insurance from Navy Mutual, insuring the men and women of the Navy, Marines, and Coast Guard. Here's what one policyholder, retired Navy Commander Thomas Dade, had to say. Navy Mutual is the best insurance decision I ever made. I wish you had a savings plan available that earned the rates my Navy Mutual insurance has been earning. Navy Mutual Aid Association, started by military members in 1879, serves active, reserve, and retired military today. Navy Mutual honors our military by providing them affordable life insurance with the features they need without fine print, sales fees, or military service restrictions. Value, integrity, trust, and stability are the cornerstones on which our commitment to you and your loved ones are built. Call Navy Mutual at 1-800-628-6011 or NavyMutual.org for your personal life insurance plan consultation. 1-800-628-6011 or NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, insuring those who serve. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CM founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. VinVillage connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. VinVillage is where wine lovers connect. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human not just for those in romantic relationships get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today